welcome to the I Want to Be podcast. Today we'll be talking to Allie, who's an 8th grade English teacher. Let's jump in. Allie, thanks so much for joining us today and welcome to the podcast. We're super excited to have you here. Of course. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. All right. Well, let's jump right in. Um, If you could give us an intro on yourself. Okay. So I studied English teaching at Brigham Young University, and I graduated in 2018 after finishing my student teaching in Utah. And I, it was the middle of the school year, so I found a job as a student aide or as a teacher's aide at um, a middle school here in Utah. And um, after working there for a semester, they hired me as a full-time teacher. So now I'm teaching eighth grade language arts, and I'm in my second year now, and I'm loving it. It's really difficult, but I learn a lot every day, and it's fun, and it's really rewarding. That's so awesome. It sounds like a great opportunity. And if it's your second year, clearly something went right the first year. So that's good to hear. (laughs) Awesome. And can you tell us a little bit more uh, about your career so far? Yeah. So um, like I was talking about, I um, did my student teaching and I finished in December of 2018. Um, So I, you know, I got my bachelor's degree in English teaching and I was really excited having just graduated and was looking forward to getting a job. Uh, But it was really difficult to find a full-time teaching job in the middle of the school year. And so I found a job as an aide at a middle school and it was only part-time and I was kind of frustrated, but um, I just decided to to take it even though it felt a little bit um, lower than what I was hoping for. I felt like it'd be a good way to get my foot in the door with this specific middle school. Um, and I am really glad I took that job, even though at the time it felt kind of beneath me, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, in in doing that job, I was able to meet the teachers at the school. I was able to get a feel for the school climate um, and even get to know some of the students that I would be teaching um, the following year when they were when they moved to eighth grade. And so um, after being an aide, I that that same school hired me to be a, a full-time teacher. So I came back that year. That was the August of 2019. And it was my first year of teaching, which wow. um, usually people talk about as being, you know, a really hard year with like just kind of like a fire hose of what you're learning and having to take in. But for me, I feel like because of that unique opportunity I had to be an aide previously, um, I felt a lot more confident going into the job because I already knew a lot of the other teachers at the school. Um, I had been given a lot of materials from a teacher who was retiring. She she let me go through her classroom library and get a bunch of books and that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I even knew some of my students because I had been an aide in their seventh grade classes and now they were in eighth grade. So it was really uh, just a confidence boost to to go into my first year with this background of knowledge. Um, but yeah, so that was my first year. And now I'm in my second year. Um, and it has felt so good not being a first year teacher anymore. Um, just, I mean, first year is really difficult. You, you learn a lot and there's a lot to take in. And so 
um, second year has been really rewarding because I am looking back at what I did last year and thinking about things I want to do differently um, and just trying to be a better teacher every day. So yeah, that's my career so far. It's really awesome. It's, it's cool to hear about how that first job really set you up. Um, I know for a lot of people, like their first job isn't always like their dream job or exactly what they were looking for. So it's cool that you were able to sort of turn that opportunity into, you know, a chance to sort of preview and get to know some of your students. That's really awesome. Yeah, um, and a follow-up question that I had is, um, how do you decide what age group you want to teach? Is there an opportunity to like try out different ages? Do you just kind of get assigned a certain age group? How does that part of teaching work? Yeah, that's a really good question. And going into my career, I wasn't really sure which grade I wanted to teach. So thankfully, yeah. in my teaching program in college, um, there was a kind of like an introduction class. And they had us spend three weeks in a high school classroom and three weeks in a middle school classroom. Um, because with my degree, my degree is for secondary education. So I could teach any grade from sixth to 12th grade, which is a really wow. wide range. I mean, if you think of the difference between a sixth grader and a senior in high school, it's really, really different. And so I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but... Um, I was able to spend three weeks in an eighth grade classroom and three weeks in a an 11th grade classroom. And um, that was a good way for me to kind of get a feel for things. Also, with my student teaching, I actually, I think, if I remember correctly, my professor asked us our preferences for the grades we would teach um, for our student teaching. So I think I gave my preference just based on that one class where I'd, I'd been exposed to an eighth grade and 11th grade. And then they just placed me in an eighth grade classroom. Oh, wow. Um, and I remember thinking I wasn't so sure about eighth graders um, when I was placed in, in that classroom for my student teaching. But um, that was another great way for me to recognize that I really did like that age group and we vibed well together. So um, that's where I started looking for a job was um, in eighth grade because I, I had done that for my student teaching. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, that's a part of the process that I never quite knew about. Do you see yourself sticking with eighth graders for a while now or do you want to maybe try out other age groups or sort of what are you thinking? Um, I would love to see what a different grade would be like. Even like I feel like sixth grade could be kind of an adventure. And I also think teaching maybe juniors or, or sophomores would be really fun just to, just, um, to experience the, the different level of maturity. <laughs> and um, that also, you know, different grade levels allow for different content that you teach um, with, with, within English. So I feel like, yeah, after a while, I might get a little bit um, ready for teaching something new and teaching a new um, grade level. So I, yeah, I'm definitely open to, to changing grades and seeing how that goes. For sure. That makes a lot of sense. Taking it back a little bit, uh, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Well, this is really cliche, but I wanted to be a teacher when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, um, I really, really did. I was kind of dorky when I was little because I loved like 
making up lessons, like making PowerPoints just for fun. And I would force my little sister to be my student and play school. I just, that was so appealing to me to teach. And so, yeah, that's what I, that's what I wanted to be. I also kind of entertained the idea of being a writer. I loved writing books, but being an English teacher is kind of like the perfect combination of writing and teaching. (laughs) Amazing. This was kind of your dream from childhood. And so um, that's really cool. Then I guess this next question kind of, uh, we probably already have an answer for, but are you proud of, or I guess would young Allie be proud of the person that you've become? You know, I think she really would. And I, and it's, it's like, I don't know, kind of tender to think about because I just have always felt like this was something that I wanted to do. And so looking back at what I've done to get to where I am, it's really rewarding. And I, and I do feel, feel proud of myself. I mean, being a teacher isn't like in society, it's not something that's looked at as being like, super flashy or you know super um lucrative um by any means but i i feel like um in this job i'm able to do a lot of good and it's also a job that consistently tests me and i'm always learning which is so fulfilling for me and so i'm really grateful for this job even though it challenges me that's awesome i love to hear that and um I guess you decided you wanted to be a teacher when you were really young, but you studied English teaching as a major. So um, when along your path did you decide that you wanted to focus more, you know, along the lines of English as a teacher? So I had an amazing English teacher my junior year of high school. He was so cool but also so nerdy about English. Like he would geek out about words and rhetoric and just like different things that I hadn't really thought about before, but his passion and enthusiasm for the subject matter just was so appealing to me. And I had always loved English class throughout school. That was always my strongest subject and I enjoyed being in those classes. But this particular teacher and seeing his um, just his pizzazz and his passion um, kind of made me think, you know what, teaching this content would be so much fun because through his passion, I kind of fell in love with writing and rhetoric and just English in general. And I thought, how fun would that be to kind of do the same thing for, for other students that this teacher has done for me? That is really amazing. I think you can definitely tell and thinking back on my experience in you know middle and high school especially i could tell the teachers that were really really passionate about their jobs and passionate about what they did um and i think those are the ones that definitely stick with you the most so i think that's so cool that you had someone to look up to like that and then you know it really made you so passionate about your current career yeah totally i'm really grateful for him yeah that's really cool so did you have any inspirational figures in teaching when you were making the decision around your career? Um, yeah, so definitely my high school English teacher um, mm-hmm. that I mentioned, um, but also my family members. So I actually, a lot of my family members are teachers. I have three grandparents who uh, were teachers or coaches all of their, for all of their career. 
and um, just like hearing their stories and in their um, connections that they made with their students and the difference the differences that they made in the lives of their students was always so inspiring to me. Um, and my mom was a teacher. She's currently a teacher right now as well, which oh, wow. was really encouraging. Just, um, I think that my, yeah, so I think my family members uh, was a big one. Um, but also when I was in eighth grade, I, my teacher showed us the movie Freedom Riders. And um, it's a true story about a teacher named Erin Gruel, and she became one of my um, inspirations when I, when I first saw that movie because she was just an amazing teacher, and I actually had the chance to meet um, the real lady um, who that movie was about at a teaching conference, and she oh, wow. signed my notebook, which is so dorky, but it was so exciting to meet my hero, you know, this, this woman who had inspired me to, to teach English. Um, yeah, that was a really great moment to be able to meet her. That sounds so amazing. How awesome. Not everyone gets to meet their inspiration. So that's really cool that you were able to do that. Yeah, it was really special. That's awesome. And was it, um, I guess, was it helpful for you growing up seeing your mom as a teacher? Did that help kind of like give you a good insight into what a career would look like in teaching and kind of encourage you down that path? Yeah, so I guess I might have been a, bit, a little bit misleading. My mom was, she, when, when I was growing up, she wasn't a full-time teacher. Um, she, she substituted when we were younger, um, but right now she's just recently getting back into teaching now that we're all finally out of the house. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I guess hearing her talk about a passion for literature when we were younger um, inspired me. and. Yeah, I just, I think my mom is just a natural teacher. She's so good about connecting with kids and making like boring things seem really exciting. And so I like to think that I, that I picked up some of those traits <laughs> that she has and that um, that's kind of helped me just feel like being, being a teacher is a good fit for me. I'm sure that's really awesome to hear. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, so going into the functional aspect of this, how did you become a teacher? What did you study? And I guess, what are some of the key steps? Okay, so the first thing I would say is uh, that's important if you want to become a teacher is to um, do your best to do well in school so that you can get into college because you need to have a college degree to be a teacher. Um, so... I tried hard in school, and then I um, applied to BYU. Um, when I was at BYU, I got a bachelor's degree in English teaching, which meant that half of the classes that I took were about English literature. Um, and so I had to read a bunch of like British literature, American literature, um, so that I was really well-versed on the English side of things. Um, but also, I had to take, like, the other half of my classes were teaching classes. So we learned, um, like, different strategies and important um, things that you need to know to be a good teacher. So, like, how to teach writing, how to teach grammar, how to teach reading, that kind of thing. Got it. Okay. So it's kind of like two parts, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, another part of the 
of the degree was doing student teaching or an internship. And I decided to do student teaching just because I felt like I would benefit from a little bit more guidance. So with student teaching, you have a mentor teacher and you're in their classroom. Um, And with an internship, you are kind of just like thrown into it as a normal teacher. So you're in charge of everything, um, which was a little bit intimidating to me um, before graduating. So I felt like having a mentor teacher and just doing student teaching was the right route for me. And it turned out to be a really valuable learning experience. That is really awesome. And then, um, so when you graduated from BYU with your degree, did you then, were there any exams or tests that you had to take to become certified in teaching or did your degree sort of act as that certification? That's a good question and something I forgot to mention. So I'm glad you asked. Um, I had to take a praxis exam, which was like an English content exam. So I had to take that. And then then I think that just through my degree, in addition to my praxis for the content, that kind of, that's what allowed me to be licensed as a teacher. Got it. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. So then there is an exam mm-hmm. um, to get a license. Okay. Right. Cool. But I do know that every state has different requirements for teacher licensure. So um, it's not all going to be the same as Utah. That was just my experience. So good thing to note is take a look at state requirements. Okay. So take me through a day in your life right now, teaching. What does it look like (laughs) beginning to end? (laughs) Okay. Well, buckle up. It's a crazy ride and it takes a lot of energy, but it's very, very fun. So (laughs) Um, my day starts by getting to school around 745. Um, school starts at 805, but I have, um, a prep period, my first period. So every teacher generally gets one class period where it's just, where you don't have a class and it's just your time to prepare or grade or whatever you want to do. And so my day starts with my preparation period. And so What I usually do is look through my emails and respond to student questions. They always have lots of questions. Um, Sometimes I'll get parent emails. Some parent emails are nicer than others, but um, I always try to respond nicely because generally they will respond a little bit nicer back if I've tried to show them kindness. Um, And then I go over the lesson for the day, kind of review things and make changes as needed, just get everything prepared for maximum efficiency. Because once the kids come in, it's um, just kind of crazy. And so I want to make sure that everything is set up in such a way that things run smoothly the kids know exactly what they need to do and when and how so that um, there's no confusion um, and there's no off-task behavior. I think that the setup and the planning is one of the most valuable things you can do for having a class that runs smoothly and students who are on task. And so I really, really try to do that at the beginning of the day. Um, And then after that, it's four class periods in a row from about 9 a.m. to 1.05 p.m. 
and it's um, nonstop. Well, there are five minute um, passing periods between classes. So, but that goes pretty quick and students generally come into my classroom right after the bell rings. Um, so I don't really have time to go to the restroom or anything like that. So I have to plan ahead, but I've gotten used to it. Um, that's definitely a difficult part of the job is just like having to be on your feet and moving around for that, for that much time, but you get used to it. And honestly, like this job is never boring. And that's something I love. Like that might sound like a lot of moving and a lot of time being on, but it, it it goes by really fast and you have to um, really just stay focused and there's no time for you to really get bored. So that's one thing that I really like about my day. Um, before each class starts, I like to stand outside of my classroom at the door and I try to say hello to all of my students and I try to say each of their names if I can remember, which is kind of difficult. But I really think that um, that's a valuable moment of connection at the beginning of class uh, with each student. And so I try to do that when each class starts. And then when the bell rings, I just start the lesson. And each day looks really different depending on what we're doing. Um, but we'll usually start with some sort of bell ringer and then some sort of content that we're going over. Um, like right now we're doing book clubs. We're, uh, in a, in a unit about the Holocaust. And so we've been reading a book called Night by Ellie Wiesel. Mm -hmm. Um, so the kids come in, they take like a little reading check, reading quiz, and then we'll listen to the book together. We'll talk about things as we go and they'll be filling out an assignment about the book. That's just uh, what we've been doing recently. But um, during the lessons, I try to ask questions and have different activities that keep keeps things interesting, keeps the kids' attention. Um, I hate doing long lectures, so I really try to mix things up a little bit with like group work, partner work, videos, that kind of thing. Um, it's it's better for the kids, and it's better for me too. And then the kids go home at 1.05, and this schedule is a little bit different because of um, COVID right now. So we do have a shortened schedule. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually have two hours at the end of the day for, like, grading and prep, which has been really nice. Um, it's, it's also time that students can stay after to get help from teachers if they need. Um, and... It's also like collaboration time. I can use that time to work with my team, which is so valuable. My, I have like four other eighth grade English teachers that I get to work with. And it makes okay. my job so much easier because we all share the work a lot. Um, yeah, so that's my day. That's a lot. But <laughs> that's what it typically looks like. Wow. Do you ever also have to take any work home with you and like prep things in the evening? Or is that time once school or once the students leave really like, are you able to get a lot done in that time and sort of like close out for the whole day? Yeah. So um, I, especially this year, I have not been working at home. I've really been trying to leave okay. stuff at school. And because of that additional prep time, I've had more time to get things done at school. 
Um, but also, like I said about the collaboration with my team, that really takes a lot of the workload off of me because um, like we'll take turns creating the lessons for the week. And um, then that just leaves like grading for me mostly. Like if I've created the lesson or done my part for the week, then I have more time for grading and giving feedback and that kind of thing. That's awesome. That's really good to hear. I'm glad that you don't have to work around the clock, especially, you know, in a time like this. Yeah. But that definitely is not to minimize the, I'm sure, difficulty at times of having, you know, that solid chunk of time with students like you were mentioning. Um, Teaching is definitely not an easy career, I'm sure. I substitute taught between freshman and sophomore years of college for like a month and it was probably the hardest month of my life. Like I left that with so much more respect for teachers and the ability to be like on all day and to like teach in a way that resonates with 20 or 30 different learning styles, I'm sure is also definitely complicated. So that's really amazing. Thanks. And I didn't know that you subbed that. I think I like, I'm a teacher and I feel like being a sub would be probably the hardest job you could do. (laughs) It was just a way to like make like a little bit of extra money because BYU ended in like April and there was like a solid month plus of school left. Um, I did have the chance to substitute like music classes for a while. So that was really fun. But the days when they put me in with like fifth graders, I was like, I don't know how teachers do this all the time. That is too funny. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Okay. Anyways, jumping back in. So what would you say is the hardest thing about being a teacher? Um, I think the hardest thing about being a teacher is trying to meet the needs of every diverse, unique student. I mean, yeah, you have a classroom full of 30 kids who all come from different backgrounds, from different family situations, um, who, who have different abilities, different ways that they learn. Um, yeah. Like, everybody learns differently, so... In one given lesson, I need to try to present the material in a variety of ways. Um, you know, for students who are visual learners, kinesthetic learners, you know, auditory, etc. And so that's really overwhelming to um, try to reach everybody. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot to take on, and um, just like the desire to do it all, you know, wanting to do it all and be the best teacher for every student, but knowing that that's not really possible or realistic, that's probably the most difficult thing for me. That definitely makes a lot of sense. I'm sure it's challenging in big classrooms and with so many students that you're cycling through every day to be able to like, A, build the relationship to understand what those students need and then be able to teach in so many different ways. Um, but I'm sure you do a pretty good job of it. So that's awesome. Thanks. I'm trying. And then on the flip side, what's the most rewarding thing about your career? Hmm, I would say definitely um, building relationships with students and seeing them gain confidence in themselves um, and building seeing them progress and build skills throughout the year and thinking back to where they started at the beginning of the year. 
Um, I also, it's also so rewarding when you see students developing trust in you and they like when they want to share successes with you or like exciting things in their life with you. Um, that just feels really rewarding to me to know that they, they have felt my care for them and they're kind of reciprocating that it's it's really rewarding that sounds rewarding and really a special opportunity to be able to do that with so many students that's awesome um and i guess are there any skills or abilities that you have that you think made you an especially good fit for your current career i think that the most important thing that i bring to the table as an eighth grade teacher is a sense of humor and patience (laughs) because like I these kids are funny like if you just like I don't know some of their behaviors or some of the comments they make they're just funny and it really makes my day to be able to work with these funny and smart and clever kids you know um and in that like trying to see the humor in things has really helped me to have patience with my students. So they, I guess they kind of go hand in hand because like, if I see a student doing something off task, maybe what they're doing is kind of funny and I'm not afraid to let them know like, Hey, you know, that's kind of funny, but let's focus on this right now or something like that. Or if they, you know, say like they shout out a joke in class and they shouldn't be shouting out you know they're interrupting but I can acknowledge hey that was pretty funny but make sure to raise your hand if you have a comment you know and so I feel like when the students can see that you're a real person and that you you can laugh and find things humorous um, I think that they respond really well to that and they are more willing to share with you and um, participate in class and do the work and so yeah, I think if you want to be a teacher, especially middle school, having a sense of humor is very important. Being patient with the kids um, is doubly important. I mean, you get asked the same question a lot of times when kids aren't listening, which can be so frustrating. So sometimes they really test your patience. But just trying to focus on what is going well and what maybe like things that you can find humor in have have really helped me. Um, I think that also just being kind and encouraging, that's something that I try to do for my students. And I think that's really helped me as a teacher. Um, When kids know that you care about them as a person, they will um, be more willing to work in class and stay on task. And so, yeah, those are, I feel like those are some of the, skills that I bring to the table that have really benefited me in my career. That definitely makes sense. So do you feel like right now you have a good work-life balance? You know, yes, I think I really do. And that's something I'm really proud of because um, I I know a lot of teachers who don't, um, who kind of let the job take over their lives. And it's really sad to see because I think that when they don't allow themselves time away from the job it makes um it makes their time at work less effective and less joyful i guess like um it's really easy to get burnt out as a teacher and so 
I really try to just leave stuff at, at work and then be able to go home and kind of um, decompress. And I feel like allowing myself to step away from work um, makes me a better teacher, really, because when I feel rested and um, energized when I come back to work, I know that I'm a better teacher for my students. And so it's kind of, I guess it's kind of ironic that like doing less work, leaving work at work helps me be a better teacher. Like giving myself time to remind myself who I really am outside of my job, like um, hobbies and exercise really just helps me come back to school every day with a clear mind and a positive attitude, which I think is essential for, for being a teacher because it is really exhausting. And so you need to give yourself that mental break and that physical break too. So if you're, if you're working all the time, you're going to get burnt out really quick. Um, one thing I do, I like to do to set that work life balance boundary, um, is I don't, Generally, I don't respond to student emails after I have left work for the day. Like if a student emails me at 10 p.m., there's no way I'm going to email them back at 10 p.m. Like they need to know that I have a life too and I'm not just consistently available every time they have a little question at 10 p.m. on a Wednesday night, you know, like and weekends too. I don't reply until I'm back at work. And that has really helped me to focus on being home when I'm home and then when I'm at work then I can respond to those questions that definitely makes sense and I like the idea you were talking about about like the concept of finding joy in what you do and you know whether that joy is at work or after work hopefully a good balance of the two um yeah I think that's so true it's definitely in a lot of careers, and it sounds like it's definitely that way in teaching, just as much as it is in business, there's a workaholic sort of attitude around like, just, you know, keep working and, you know, just get all this stuff done. And it's great that you already have the perspective of being able to take that step away and separating work from the rest of your life and, you know, giving time to both of those things. So I guess this rolls really well into the next question, which is what do you like to do when you're not working? Anything fun, anything that um, allows me to be with my family or my friends or just anything that I can be active. So, like, I love pickleball, spike ball, running, baking, playing board games, just anything fun that doesn't feel like work, really. (laughs) That's awesome. Pickleball is the best. It's kind of been something that's been sweeping. The nation, I, like I don't know how best to put this, but I've heard so yeah. much about pickleball lately, and it really is super fun to play. So totally. I love that. So, did you have any major turning points in your education or your career so far? Um, yeah, I would say a major turning point in my career that comes to mind is when I was student teaching. So I hadn't graduated yet, and um. I was teaching eighth grade. Um, I had a I had a student in one of my classes who was uh, a transgender student, and um, the principal had like 
emailed me beforehand and just kind of let me know about the situation um, because this student had really struggled, I think, with being bullied. Um, mm -hmm. So the principal let me know of this student's preferred pronouns and just kind of like um, their situation and just kind of, she just kind of encouraged me to look out for this student, keep an extra eye on, on him. And so I made an extra point to greet this student by their name that they wanted to go by. And um, just, I always just tried to make him feel welcome in my class and just to let him know that I saw him. And um, it um, was um, just a really impactful experience because this student one day, so I, um, sorry, let me back up a little bit. So with my student teaching, I was only there from August to December. And mm -hmm. so for those kids, that was like me, I had to leave halfway through the year. And so I told, you know, I was telling my students that I have, I'm going to be leaving like my last day is a certain day in December. And this one student said, no, don't go. Like, this is my favorite class. I don't want you to go. And um, that was so rewarding because this student who had been through um, a lot of difficulties and bullying and um, just kind of trying to find out who he was felt safe in my classroom and felt um, supported by me. And, and um, that was something that made me realize my goal as a teacher is to be a safe and welcoming person for my students. And I want my classroom to be a safe space for all types of students. And so that was a major turning point because it helped me realize like, I'm going to be, um, I have the opportunity to help kids feel safe. And maybe that's something that they don't get outside of my classroom. And so I want to make sure that when they're, when they're in my class, that they feel valued and loved and that they feel important. And so that was a major turning point in my career because it, it kind of just pointed me in the direction of the type of teacher I want to be and the type of classroom environment I want to create. I love that. Um, that's a really amazing story. And kind of like you said, um, you never know necessarily for a certain, any certain student, you know, what their life's like at home or, you know, what their situation's like with their friends and the students around them. And so to have the opportunity to be that stable, positive environment for any student and probably every student for however long you have them, I'm sure, you know, that can be really important and really impactful for a lot of students. So that's amazing. I love it. I think more teachers should be like that. And I hope more are. <laughs> so where do you see yourself in 10 years career-wise? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, and I don't really know. I, like we talked about earlier, I am interested in trying out some different grade levels just to see um, what that's like yeah. and teaching different content. I think that would be fun. Um, but yeah, I just hope that like, even just looking back, comparing myself now to the teacher I was as a first year teacher, like I have seen things that I have changed and gotten better at compared to mm -hmm. last year. And so I hope that in 10 years, each year leading up to that, I will have 
learned something from the year before and changed and become better in some way. Um, so yeah, I hope that in 10 years I'm more experienced, more confident, finding ways to advocate for students and help them feel um, safe and included in my classroom. That's amazing. I'm absolutely positive that that's exactly who you'll be in 10 years because you're already doing such a great job. Thank you. I appreciate that. So who inspires you today? Um, I would say other teachers at my school. I work in a really great school. I'm, I'm really lucky to have a lot of awesome teachers that I can look up to and learn from. So um, that's, that's been really valuable for me. Um, I think also I, I found a teaching podcast. Um, there's a woman named Jennifer Gonzalez, and she has a podcast called Cult of Pedagogy. Um, and listening to her podcast uh, is just so encouraging and inspiring. Um, she talks a lot about different strategies for being a better teacher. And so whenever I'm feeling kind of frustrated with the job or feeling like I'm not doing the best that I can, I love listening to just an episode from her and um, learning something new and learning something that I can try out in my own classroom. That sounds really awesome. What a cool resource to have to sort of give you that boost when you need it and potentially learn some new things. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So this next question, compensation is a topic that isn't necessarily always talked about. So kind of however you want to approach this question is totally fine. But do you feel fairly compensated for the work that you do? I would say fairly, fairly, fairly. (laughs) Um, I would definitely not mind a salary increase, obviously, uh, because unfortunately teachers are very underpaid, even though they are so valuable. Um, But I mean, in my situation, I mean, I'm just in my second year um, out of college. So I don't feel at this point in my career, I don't feel that I'm too underpaid. Um, although I do feel like as the years go on, if I'm not, I, so from my understanding each year, uh, and I'm not sure how this is in, in every school district, but in my school district, from my understanding each year that you teach your salary increases. And so um, that's something encouraging, but still, like, teaching is not the most um, lucrative career. Um, thankfully, I'm able to find um, things in this job that are very uh, motivating other than the salary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still frustrating because, I, I yeah, I would say that teachers definitely deserve to be paid more and it's frustrating to see but I mean going into it I knew that I wasn't going to get paid like a doctor would be getting paid and so I guess I was going in it into the career for different reasons I definitely understand that and you know compensation isn't I don't think for anyone it should be the full reason why you decide to pursue a certain career but it's absolutely a factor right and it's definitely something Mm -hmm. that goes into consideration. And um, yeah, so I think what you said makes a lot of sense, especially thinking, you know, in the future about like my own kids and the idea of like handing them off to teachers and them being the ones to like 
teach them and educate them all day. I want to make sure that they are, you know, getting the best education possible. And I want to make sure that the teachers are having, you know, the best experience that they can. And so. Totally. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Okay. I think that's interesting. Yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting conversation to bring in. And I think it's good to not, you know, go into any career completely blind to, totally. you know, what compensation looks like. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's a really good point. Someone going into teaching definitely needs to be aware of what that's going to look like. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like you said, you have to have other motivations for, for any career and really like why you're in it. And I think that's important regardless, but definitely in teaching for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully the world continues to change and maybe a pandemic like this will also show people how important teachers are. (laughs) I hope so. I really do. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I was talking to my friend who's a nurse the other day and she kind of felt similarly in a lot of ways. And so I think And I've heard this view around, like, especially in a pandemic like this, you start to see, okay, how are we treating our essential workers, right? And teachers are essential workers, healthcare workers are essential. And, you know, like, obviously, there's doctors, and there's nurses, and there's principals and teachers, and and, like, there's different structures. But I think at the end of the day, it's pretty clear who we fall back on when the world kind of falls apart. And so that should be reflected in the way that we treat them and pay them. Amen, Catherine. Yes. End of my diatribe. (laughs) I love it. Amen to everything you just said. (laughs) Awesome. So if you could give one piece of advice to someone who's considering becoming a teacher right now, what would that advice be? I would say don't take yourself too seriously and don't think don't take things personally from your students. Like recognize that your kids are going to come into your classroom and they have their own world, their own life that they are experiencing. And so if they happen to take it out on you in a snarky comment, that doesn't mean they hate you. Don't take it personally. Um, But be that, be that rock, be that safe space and let them have a clean slate every day that they come into your room. Just like love them as much as you can. and. Most of the time when they when they know that you care about them, they will they will love you back. That's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> okay. So last couple questions. Um, first off, what are the guiding principles or principle that you stick to in life? My so my grandma taught second grade for her whole career. And one thing that she told me was that um, people who are most difficult to love are the ones who need it the most. And that's something that I try to remind myself that, you know, it's really true. People who are hurting tend to take it out on other people. And so I really, I think that like um, remembering that gives me patience for others when I see um, people being rude or something like that. I just tried to remember, you know, they are probably having a really difficult day or a difficult year or whatever, and they just need someone to be kind to them, someone to love them. Um, so that's something I tried to remember, especially um, as a teacher. And I also love the quote, be somebody who makes everyone feel like a somebody. 
um, just make people feel good about themselves. Like ask them questions to get them talking about themselves, support them and what excites them. Um, and, and listen, listen to what they share with you and then try to remember things about them. When you can show someone that you were listening and that you remember something about them, it makes them feel so valued and so important. And that's something that I try to do with people I meet, with friends and family, and especially with students, is I try to make them feel valued in my class. Absolutely. I think that is amazing advice. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ali. This has been such an amazing conversation. It's been so great to hear more about your career. So I really appreciate it. You're welcome. It was so fun talking about being a teacher. Thank you for having me.